It's the Go Gopher Podcast with Mike Grimm, episode number 61. I am Mike Grimm, voice of the Golden Gophers, and welcome back to the podcast. Today we have two special guests talking on a couple of great topics. Batting leadoff on this week's Go Gopher Podcast, one of the all-time great Gopher women's hockey players, the reigning Patty Kazmaier Award winner, the WCHA Ford of the Year once again this year, and now ready to lead Minnesota into this weekend's NCAA tournament with a home game Saturday at Ritter Arena. The great Taylor Heisey joins me to talk about Gopher women's hockey, the NCAA tournament, the goal to win a national title, her family background, and much more. I know you'll enjoy the conversation, so please stick around. Part two of the podcast will feature Affinity Plus CEO Dave Larson, who first of all, we thank for supporting Gopher Athletics and this podcast as one of our great sponsors. We talked to him about his company, about the mission, and most importantly, about the way Affinity Plus supports Gopher Athletics and also Special Olympics Minnesota. Mr. Larson took the polar plunge last week, and we'll ask him how he did with that. And there's time for you to help as well. We'll discuss that too. This is a real fun podcast. It's episode 61. Our Go Gopher podcast is presented by alumni-owned Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're a business founder planning to exit your business, start by contacting Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. Sunbelt serves more businesses up to $5 million in revenue than anyone. And True North M&A serves companies with revenues up to $150 million. You can get a confidential, no-cost, no-obligation business valuation started today. Make the most of your life's work. Here's what you do. Visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com today. As mentioned, we're also glad to have Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union partnered with us on the Go Gopher podcast. Affinity Plus has been a longtime supporter of Gopher Athletics and a major backer of Special Olympics Minnesota. The Polar Plungers have started. We're going to talk about that. Affinity Plus is your local credit union throughout the state of Minnesota. You can find out more at affinityplus.org slash gophers. Our podcast is also sponsored by State Farm agent Tony Hoagland at champlininsurance.com. Tony is a big gopher hockey fan. We're podcasting episode 61 from the Aquarius Home Services studio. One other quick note, if you're a restaurant or business who'd like to have a podcast broadcast live from your venue and are interested in partnering with us with a sponsorship, please contact the great folks at Talk North. We'd love to be on location on a regular basis, it's talknorth.com. We invite you to subscribe to the Go Gopher podcast. You can always go back and listen to the Go Gopher podcast. In fact, it's free to subscribe and free to listen. Last week, for example, we talked with Gopher star defenseman Brock Faber of the top-ranked Gopher men's hockey team, and it's definitely worth going back to listen if you missed it. He's quite impressive. This week, it's episode 61, more Gopher hockey on the Go Gopher podcast. This week, talking Golden Gopher women's hockey going to the NCAA tournament. Star player Taylor Heisey, he here is my conversation with her. With Taylor Heisey now, star super senior for the Golden Gopher women's hockey team coming off of a big WCHA tournament championship uh, over the weekend and now getting ready for the NCAA tournament this weekend, Saturday, 2 o'clock. The Gophers will take on either Clarkson or Duluth. And uh, as we're taping this on Tuesday morning, we're not sure who that will be. We'll find out on Thursday. And Taylor, uh, great to see you again. And uh, congratulations on a great weekend and a great season so far. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Well, uh, we have had you on our Gopher Talks before in the past. Uh, this is your first appearance here on our Go Gopher podcast, so we thank you for that. Take me through what the weekend was like. You guys had Wisconsin in the semis last weekend and then Ohio State in the championship, uh, and you guys swept for the trophy once again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we had a really good weekend. I think when you think about playoff hockey, um, you got to be playing your best. And if you're not, you're not going to be um, where you want to be. So for us, I think we really took it as a, as a stepping stone and, and part of a step ladder for us. I think it was really good hockey. And, and you bring that back to the confidence that we built the whole year. I think you look back our season's six months long, um, six months is a really long time. So you got to kind of take the highs and the lows with what they are, but kind of try to stay neutral. And I think we came into Friday's game kind of like, we can do this. We've done this before. They've given us hell a few times this year already before that, but um, it's in our home rank. You can't do anything better than that. We already have that step up. We're going to have our own fans there. Um, all of our parents and family can come. Um, it was just, it was awesome. And I think just being in the playoff mood, our entire team stepped up. Um, and then you get on to Saturday um, and we play Ohio and you look and we had 29 blocks, which is the most we've had this whole season. 
um, which is a large reason of why we won. Um, everyone sold out. And I think when you think of playoff hockey, like I said, you have to be playing your best. And we got almost everyone's best. And I think for our team with the talent we have, you're not going to lose with that. Yeah, your coach even this week, Brad Frost, um, you know, and coaches are generally, you know, don't want to talk too much about when things are going well, right? They're generally pessimistic people. I know Brad, in general, his personality is not pessimistic, but coaches generally will, yeah, we're doing well, but we got this or that. But man, and just hearing him talk, he was beaming about how you guys played. And you mentioned those 29 blocks. And I think, what, six came uh, when the, they had the goalie pulled and all kinds of stuff. I mean, there, there was, uh, he was he was pretty proud of you guys. You could tell that. Yeah, um, I think it's just a little bit different than the go for hockey that we've had this year and in the past. I think he said he had some alums texting him too and been like, this is the, this is the year or this is like a team that I haven't seen yet. Um, it's kind of that desperate hockey we've been talking about a little bit with our team is that sometimes you have to do things you're not you're not wanting to do or things that you're not supposed to do um, in order to win. And I think we had people on our team who don't normally block shots or um, do that kind of dirty stuff that we're out there doing everything they possibly could to help our team win the game. Um, but yeah, I think Frosty was, you know, I was, I was talking with him yesterday after doing an interview and he was like, I, tr- I really do believe in this team. And he goes, but coaches do say certain things sometimes and they don't always believe them, but it's to get the team pumped up. And he goes, I truly do believe in this team and this group because, you know, he said, I saw it on Saturday. I saw that championship behavior. And if we can continue that and get about 80 or 90% from every single person on our team, we're going to be really hard to stop. Yeah, you guys have it rolling for sure. And then just from that general attitude, it's interesting too because you'd look at your guys' record. Um, you know, early in the season, uh, the schedule was tough. And then I th- I forget exactly now. I should have looked this up before we started the show. But it was like you guys didn't have a regulation loss in like, what, 20 straight games? And it was like uh, 11 straight wins just in regulation and all kinds of stuff. But did you feel you weren't clicking then like you are now, even through that winning streak? Um, I think – it kind of depends on who you're playing. Yeah. Um, when we played Duluth, Wisconsin, Ohio, these past, I think it was like four weeks ago, a month and a half ago, that was the hardest stretch we've ever had. And I think for that, for you to get up for games every single weekend and play four really great teams in a row, that's really hard. But um, that's the reason why you play. Um, we've had, we had some injuries earlier in the season. I mean, at one point we were down to four defensemen and three lines barely. And I think we kind of came back after break from that and we're able to be better. But, um, I think we struggled slightly before we got into break. I think it's a, like I said, a really long season. Um, but like you look back and you're like, man, that was literally four months ago. Holy cow. (laughs) Um, and now we're obviously in the end. And for me, it's the, and I'm done, done. So I think, the fifth years and seniors have been looking at it as an opportunity to be better, not an opportunity to fail. Um, obviously like you never know how many days of practice we even have left. Like we have practicing today, whatever we have like four, four practices left this week. And you obviously want to take those with a grateful attitude. But for me, I'm always like, okay, like how are we going to be better? Like I want to see our best on Saturday, but I also saw a really good of our best on this post Saturday. So like to make it better, we got to do some like little nitty gritty things that are going to change um, to make us better. So I'm, I'm excited to practice and I think our girls are too, but like I said, I think right now we are at our best and I think your best continues to change. And if you do do that, I think you're a championship team. Cause if you keep your best the same, people are going to start stepping up and you're not. So you mentioned that for you, this is it. You're a super senior. Uh, you came back. Obviously, the COVID year screwed things up. You could have maybe won it all that year. Who knows? You guys were playing really well right at that time, and the, the trap door kind of falls out. We actually, I think, talked about that. I remember you sitting like uh, on a picnic table, I think, in your driveway when we yeah. did the gopher talk, yeah. um, and you had a, a, sh- a hockey goal in the on the driveway next to the basketball hoop where I'm sure your brothers are shooting on that, and you're shooting into the into the hockey. Anyway, that was, that was definitely a, a buzzkill uh, not to get an opportunity there but now you, so here it is like you say you don't know uh, you're in a position where you're not sure when the last practice the last game can you win it all um, how, how what emotionally is that like for you like is this are you in a situation like you're, you're feeling it like gosh we got a this is a shot to win a title or um, how, how do you handle it each day no absolutely like I kind of said it's it's I try to take it with more of that grateful mindset um, I know for me hockey's not over I know there's a lot of girls on the team and, and girls in different conferences and things where like hockey's legitly over. And I, I know for me, like that will be a scary thought in the future, but that's not it for me. I think obviously I'm going to be playing professionally, doing some other things like that. But this team means so much to me that it is. it does feel like hockey is going to be over at some point. 
So like I said, for me, it's, it's really just like digging in with my teammates. We're going to play paintball today, like <laughs> get to do some fun stuff. And obviously I, I live with my best friends and they're all on the team. Like I get to see them every day. It's not just that, but it, it's like practicing and doing things. Like we have like goalie world, we have practice, we have power play and stuff. And I need to get excited for all those things. And I have been doing a really good job of that recently. And I think our team has too, um, of just showing up with not just a good attitude, but a really good effort. Like I I love when people are happy and such, but we need to have competition and do the best because in my opinion, I get to compete against the best players in the country every day. Um, you got Grace Summico, Abby Murphy, Katie Skaya, Abby Marine. Like, um, these are people who I get to see every day and compete with. But, um, I think last year the confidence just wasn't there, um, in our team and in the sense of if we were to get down, we're not coming back. And then we got down late and we knew we were, we were not coming back. And this year we've had a lot of times where we got down by one goal and, and like, we'll have a savior come out of nowhere, but in more so I've seen it in practice. I've seen people do it. I've watched them. I know we can do it. Um, so I think that's the difference this year is the confidence and the fact that we have such a deep roster that it's not just going to come from one. It's going to come from all. Yeah, I've always admired too the the culture that that Brad Frost has. He's talked often about the pillars, and you know what those are. Um, and that he his philosophy is if if the team fulfills those pillars, win or lose, he can he can put his head on the pillow at night and and be okay. Um, and but he always knows that he's going to have next year to to try. You're in a situation where now this is it. So um, those pillars, you're going to fill it out, but. Um, can you put your head on the pillow at night knowing that if it if it works and you win beautiful but you know if you if you fulfill those pillars and end up not that you that's okay too yeah um we we talk about being tough being grateful being disciplined and being devoted um obviously all four of those are really important and for me i know that uh, my discipline devotion all those things like those get me through the day and i do a really good job of trying to be my best and being one percent better every day so i know i i can go to bed at night thinking like i did a good job today and and i'm gonna be better tomorrow and if i didn't do a good job today i'm gonna be 10 times better tomorrow and our team has a really good attitude with that we keep each other accountable um it's a great um atmosphere because we have so much competition but there's like, there's the small battles where you're like, okay, hey, that wasn't right. I don't like the way you did that. We're turning that around. We're, we're going to change it. But I have no problem doing that. I know our captains don't, our, our coaches don't. And I think to have the accountability within the team that like players bring is really important um, because it's like, okay, that's not how we do this here. Like we're going to change it. I need you to switch your attitude. We're going to try something else. Um, and I feel like people are okay with hearing that because they know how hard we work. I think when you walk the walk and talk the talk, you're able to do more and to say more and to lead in a certain way that um, certain people can't. And I think Frosty has brought this um, great kind of culture that is cultivated. And obviously we have Darno and Espo and Jess and all of our amazing um, coaching staff members. And I think everyone just brings something new and, and something valuable to the group. And I feel like we take it one step at a time and, and try to learn from it. Cause I know, um, in the past certain groups and certain teams have been just the same. And it's just been like four years of really talented hockey, but like, Oh, they, they can't do it. They can't make it that far. I think we're us, like we're really talented. I think we work really hard. We can be physical. We got, we can block shots if we want to. We have a great goaltender. Like we have all the pieces. It's just kind of making them fit in the right, in the right spot. Yeah, and now you have a path. You know the path. You you either have Clarkson or Duluth. It's on your home rink for the first round, and then if you get yep. through the first round, uh, then it's up to Duluth for the Frozen Four. You've played there. Um, is there some advantage there too? And how hard is it in your mind not to try to fast forward into 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 getting there? Yeah, um, I think it's easy because I have been cut short too many times at this point. Um, I would love more than anything. I think people say like once you get to that Final Four, like you have more confidence in your team that they can do it. Cause you're already there. Like you're already in Duluth. You're already doing things you need to do. But I think like this game is the hardest Saturdays is because I know for us, it's not given um, to play again, obviously, but the teams played before um, you never know if someone goes on a roll, like, it can kind of keep going. And I think for us on Saturday, it's, it's great that we're at our home rank. I think we have so much confidence and we have obviously beaten Duluth there. We haven't played Clarkson yet, but um just the confidence of having my family and my parents and, and having my friends and whoever wants to come that can come, um, makes it easier for me. And, and that I can, like you said, rest your head, rest my head on the pillow at night and be like, okay, I gave everything I have. And that's something my parents and I talk about, like, I can only control my attitude and my effort. So if Saturday comes around and I give a hundred percent, both those areas and things don't go my way, like 
I mean, you, you have to accept the fact like, yeah, I'm going to be upset, but I have to accept the fact that I did what I could to um, put that, put my team on top. And I'm going to have to believe that everyone else is going to do the same. And, and I know if that's the case, we are not losing. <laughs> um, so like I said, it's, it's really important for everyone to kind of lock in a key in, but we kind of talk about turning that switch on and off when you're at the hockey rink, when you're not. So like, we're going to go practice today for about an hour. Um, and then we're going to go play paintball. So during that hour, we're flipping that switch on and after we're flipping it off and then you're going to go have some fun with your teammates. So I think even on Saturday, like you flip it on, you're, it's on the whole game, but also know like there's certain times where you got to like relax. And I think we do a good job of kind of saying those moments and being okay, take a deep breath. Cause like for us, we have a lot of veterans who have been in that situation where in the past we hadn't. And I think that kind of like helped us to, um, not quite understand how to play the game. And I think now we have, we kind of have those pieces. So, so I got a, a, a bit of a tricky question here cause I don't want to offer you up a chance to offer bulletin board material, but you could play Duluth Saturday, right? And yeah. I know that one was a bitter one last year against the Bulldogs, right? In the, in the, uh, in, in the NCAA, to, as you said, you got cut short. Um, so, do you want to play them again to exact some revenge or do you want to avoid them and try to get Clarkson and, and move on to Duluth to play in their building in the final four or does it matter? It doesn't matter. I think for, for me and, and we talked about this with our coaching staff too, it doesn't matter who you play, keep your standard the same. So our standards already up here and it doesn't matter who's coming into our barn to play us. We're still going to have our standard up here. Um, and I think for us, our team is going to get hyped for either game it doesn't really matter. And I think we're going to go watch the Thursday game and that's going to get us even more excited. I think it's going to be hard for me to watch and not hop on the ice. Um, <laughs> but obviously like Clarkson brings a new, a new like attitude to the game and something we haven't seen yet, but obviously sometimes that can be scary too. Um, but Duluth is an opponent we that season and we've, we know them, we, we know their coaching staff, we know their goaltender. She's when she gets hot, she's really hard to score against. But I think, like we have all the tools to be successful. And if we can come in confident on Saturday being like, I don't care who we play, like we're doing this, like we're going to be really hard to stop. Yeah. You bring up a good point because you get so familiar. The league has eight teams. So you're playing everybody at least four times. And then if you count, you know, tournaments, sometimes it's more than that. Sometimes you've had to play. I think Duluth, it was back to back last year, right? In terms of uh, the yep. championship game and, and and then the NCAA. So you, um, the familiarity part of it might be good or bad, but there might be some decentness to playing a f team you haven't seen too that okay they don't know what they're in for here so I suppose it is uh, you know it, it, you, the attitude is what you have to have is it doesn't matter we're just gonna go play our game no absolutely I think you got to focus on that like you said focus on your standard our standard is blocking shots our standard is scoring goals because we have the goal scores on our team our standard is pinching and having an f3 doing all the little things we practice having Skyler play the puck in this, you know, in the correct way, having her stop play if we need it. Um, just doing the small things that make us successful and the things that in, on Saturday that we did that made us successful. And we can take those and move on to the next Saturday. Cause I think obviously having seven days with, before a game is great. Cause you get to kind of do what you want. I know for me, I feel out how I want to, how I want to feel all week. Like I know if I don't feel great today, um, I want to take a little bit off of practice or like tomorrow we're going to make sure that we do a little lighter practice. Like we're really good with keeping our bodies right because on Saturday it only matters for 60 minutes and you got to be able to compete for 60 minutes. And if you can't, it's really tough. Yeah. You mentioned Skylar Vetter, your goaler, uh, your goalie. Um, and you, you guys have, uh, you know, several good goalies who have been rotating through throughout the year, but it looks like she's kind of got that spot now in these tight, important games. What is, what is uh, she meant to you back there to kind of solidify? Um, again, you've got talent. There's, there's more than one, but she, I think has, has played pretty well and has had a pretty good run here. Oh my gosh. Yeah. She's amazing. Um, I think, just watching her in practice, she's one of the hardest goaltenders to score against, in my opinion. And I, and I play against her every day. Um, she knows what I do. She gets – and she's really smart. She understands, like, in practice, like, if I'm pulling it, I'm probably going here or whatever. She really helps me to up my game because I want to score as much as she wants to stop me. So I think for us, too, it's, it's a game of how can I change my game just slightly. And I think that helps me both um, on the USA spectrum, both at – the you, all those things. Cause I feel like when someone knows you so well, you got to be like, okay, now I'm going to trick you because mm -hmm. I'm going to figure it out. And I think for her, she worked so hard and it was funny. Cause Saturday, I mean, the girl was on her deathbed. Like we had a lot of really sick kids. I was one of them. Um, we had some people who just weren't feeling well, but obviously like set that to the side. I didn't care. Like if I didn't, couldn't breathe out of my nose, I'm breathing out of my mouth twice as hard. Like <laughs> just making sure that I'm able to do everything um, to the best of my ability. And she 
has worked so hard and and she is like I said one of the hardest goaltenders to stop and I don't think she even gets the credit she deserves half the time um I think for her she is such a competitor that even when I'm out with goalie world which is just goalies and a few few players like she's focusing she's doing her um she has a bunch of goalie stuff. I don't even know how to describe it. Um, they do eye things. There's like vision training. Um, our goalie coach is great. Um, but yeah, she works really hard and I'm really excited to see how she steps up for Saturday. Yeah. And there's, there's been a few of these goalies too, that have kind of followed this track now where they played high school boys hockey. Right. And she is one of them. And, um, what do you, how do you think that might've impacted her development in terms of uh, positive or negative? Yeah. I mean, she has this unshaking confidence. I think I'm a very confident player. Um, I grew up playing girls hockey, obviously though, but, um, she has this confidence that I'm like, sometimes I'll look at her and be like, sometimes we'll be in practice and like five goals go in and she is still on and she's just (laughs) flat out fine. And I'm like, holy cow, bro. Like, I don't know how you're doing that. But, and then she stops the next 15, 20 and you're not getting, she's stonewalling you. So, um, I think for her, she just had to prove herself so much when she was a kid that now she's like, I've proved myself. I've done everything I need to do. I've done everything in the WCHA. She's gotten goalie of the week. Like, Oh my God, like freaking 12 times. Um, and she's done it and she's been at the the highest levels. She plays at USA sometimes too. Um, I just think that she's so confident in her game that when she was a kid, like all these boys that were like, Oh, you're not good enough. You're playing with us. She was like, yeah, okay. F you. I'm going to like, stop, you know? So good luck. Yeah. Good luck getting around. Yeah. Um, I said this unshaking confidence does so well. Cause I think for me, sometimes when a goal goes in right away or like in a game, like in just a, a way that you're like, that shouldn't have gone in. But then I'm like, okay, then I missed a block. Like that's exactly like, she can look at me and say, I missed that block. Um, so I just have this confidence her that she's going to like, there's no one goal that's going to go in that she's just going to be done. And I know that she's never going to give up. So in a game, like no matter if we're down by four or down by two, or up by four. Like she's going to compete every single shift of the game. And that's something that you can also be proud of, but also be like very confident in what um, you and your teammates can help her to do to get out of that rut. You had a goal. Well, you've had a lot of highlight goals, but you had one. I and I didn't see it live, but I saw it tweeted out. Where I, and I forget even who it was against. Maybe Mankato. I can't remember now. But you were you basically looked like the Harlem Globetrotters. You like you know went all over the offensive end of the rink, behind the net, back and forth, skating through people, and then scored the goal. Do you, do you remember which one I'm talking about, or did you I'm have too many like that? But it was crazy. Honestly, like I don't know. Yeah. But it, I, Mankato probably sounds. I, that sounds about right. Yeah, and and well, I was going to ask you if you uh, to uh, to take me through what you remember about it, but I, maybe I haven't done a, a good enough job describing it because it was just an incredible goal. It was like, you know, you 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 weave through different people behind the net, came back out, and and uh, you were just determined. It was a great goal. I just saw the highlight flashing on Twitter. So um, if you don't remember, we can't. I'm, trying to, I'm yeah. trying to think what one that was. Yeah, it was it was a good goal. Anyway, if people, I mean, if they just you know search your name, they'll see all kinds of highlight goals. But that was one that <laughs> stuck out to me. I remember. I think I might even been on the bus on a basketball trip and just thumbing through my timeline. I'm like, holy cow, that was <laughs> like the Harlem Globetrotters out there basketball on uh, on the uh, ice hockey rink. Um, all right, let's talk about you just for a minute, just in terms of some of your accomplishments and and uh, and your family background. I know that uh, you know your parents were athletes too. And going back to last year, let's talk about. Um, winning the uh, the Patty Kazmaier award what, what what did that mean to you and and uh, what was it like yeah I mean it meant it meant so much to me I think it just proves that like I've done the things I need to do and I do the things correctly um I think you can't say that you're one of the best without having the best surrounding you because you are who you hang out with um I have six five other best friends that live in the house with me who have all supported me since I got here and even before that um they know how different I am. And I, and I, and I've talked about this before. I don't quite think people understand why I do what I do high school. Sincerely. I think everyone in a high level has felt that like people don't get me. Um, and I think for me, like all those small things that I did as a kid, like I shot in the garage for five hours a weekend instead of going out with my friends or, um, going before practice here and doing some extra stick handling. Like when I was a freshman, I think now like I'm so content with just getting out for practice and getting my hour in and, and doing things right because I did so much as a kid and I did so many things that people didn't do that I've already had those skills and those things that people now work on um, that I know that I just need to set, I need to feel good and I need to be at my best and whatever's going to take me there, I'm going to do it. And I think last year without 
um, making the Olympic team and, and being really determined to do something great. Um, I think the pressure that built on me truly helped me to skyrocket. I feel like, um, people talk about it, but like pressure makes diamonds. And I think for me, like the pressure of situations helps me to climb. And I think for other people that doesn't. So, um, winning that award last year was amazing. And I had great line mates and great teammates and, and people who supported me through the whole process that made it really easy for me to succeed. And, and obviously like getting that award really helped me to solidify the fact that I, I did think that I did really well and, and I deserved um, the best, but obviously like you got to obviously let people vote on what they're doing. So after winning that last year, like we lit, I lived in a huge house. We had a backyard. We had parents over. We had people over. Like it was one of the best days of my life. And I, it wasn't because it was just about me. I just loved to see everyone. Everyone had matching shirts on. Like it was great. And I think like going off of last year, now I'm just able to, and now people, I think this year kind of went into that. Was it a fluke? Did she do it? Like, was it just a year of like everything worked out for her? Um, and I think for me, I proved that this year, like that wasn't the case. I've done another 60 point year. I've done things that I haven't done already, um, leading the nation in goals and, and doing things that I wouldn't have had expected with my COVID year. I think my COVID year, the year before the Patty Kaz year, um, was like one of the worst years of my life. Um, not like being dramatic at all, but like, um, COVID was bad, not being able to see family and friends. Like my year at hockey was like, you could tell mentally I wasn't there. So I think just being able to skyrocket from that and then winning that award really helped me to see like all those times that I didn't do things that a normal person would, those were worth it. Was and I know high level athletes too at times can can use um, others doubting you as as a motivator. The fact that maybe you were maybe the last person not to make the Olympic team. I'm sure that pissed you off a little bit. Did did the Patty Kazmaier award also kind of help you with like, see, see, I, you know, Hey, yeah, absolutely. I think I've talked about this before, but it's been more, more of like that proving. And, and I think that could have gone either way for me in the Patty Kazmaier. I think after I said to myself, like, I'm doing this and I'm going to be the best. If I didn't get there and things didn't go my way, I don't know how that would have, how that would have worked. And when I say things didn't go my way, like, if I didn't get up for every game, like I think people can assume that, oh, things just set up correctly for her or her linemates or her teammates, like just like things worked out. I think for me, I think that's bogus. Um, I think having people who surround you that are great and who do their best for you is amazing. And that really helps to do what you do. But I think for me to carry um, the load that I did last year and to kind of have those all those doubters and everything in my brain. Like I knew it. I was like, oh, I'm going to come I'm going to, I'm going to be my absolute best today. And I know I can. And after I did that a few games in a row, I was like, well, now I'm going to continue because I'm going to show every single person who didn't believe in me and every person who picked that team that they were wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously like that was a huge mindset for me, but my parents were also like, you can't take it and be upset. You got to take it and, and get, re- and get even. I think like it, it's more so of like having the the attitude of like, okay, you didn't want me. That's fine. But now I'm going to prove to you that you were wrong. Right. And, but I'm also going to do it for myself because I deserve it. I think for me, I have worked so hard and done the things the right way. And, and I have great coaching, coaching staff members and I have great line mates who, who make it really easy for me to be successful and who get me. And like I said, I'm different and I do things a different way, but if you can understand and, and get, get in the back of my boat, I'm going to bring you with me wherever I'm at. So know that if I'm being successful, so are you. Um, and that's always something I've been trying to, if I get on the ice early, I'm trying to bring people with me. If I'm doing this, I want to bring people with me. I feel like, um, it's a team sport. Obviously hockey's not individual to say the least. Um, so the more you can kind of bring people on your boat and, and start rowing as fast as you can and in a positive direction, like it's really hard to stop where you're going. And obviously like not making the Olympics, that was one throw some rocks in my boat. And then obviously the next year, every time something went well, I was chucking them out. And then I suddenly started to drift up upward and and do the right things the right way. And, and things just started to feel good to me. And obviously to get um, rewarded in that sense was amazing. You sound like PJ Fleck with all the boat rowing. Here. I know. Yeah, right? I almost feel like PJ there a little bit. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Well, um, so you're a super senior academically. What, what, uh, what, where are you now in terms of uh, this is year five, right? Yeah, I'm old. Um, yeah. I, I feel like I've been here a really long time. You've but won also all these scholar awards, sport. like every every semester you get an award. So, <laughs> um, so I had I got my undergrad in kinesiology last year. Graduated in May, and then I'm I'm in my um, master's program of sports management right now. Um, obviously, like with pro hockey, I don't know where I'm going to be. So I have another year left. Um, so I guess we'll see where that leads me. But um, I think obviously, like I'm I've, I love sports and I and I love. I love talking, obviously. Um, and I think 
anything that I can do to stay in the sports realm. Um, I have my own agent right now. I think that that would be something I'd be really interested in in the future. Yeah. Um, I know how to advocate for athletes and I know what, what things are rolling with the NIL deals and things like that. And, um, I don't know, I guess we'll see where it leads me, but obviously like my future is kind of up in the air right now. So I guess we'll, we'll see what the education process leads me, but my mother is a teacher and she will continue to hound me to do the right thing. So I know that I'm going to be on the right path at some point. Well, and I I was going to say the first time I mentioned earlier, the first time we talked uh, on one of these, it was a gopher talk that was with video and um, you were, it was during COVID. That's how the gopher talk started. We were just trying to keep connected with everybody. And you were one of the very first guests. I I remember you were disappointed. I I remember you sitting on that picnic table and I saw the basketball hoop. And then you were telling me about your parents were both college basketball players, I think at River Falls, if memory serves, right? And I I remember that because that's where my son was going at the time. I think my son and you were the same age. Uh, he graduated yeah. last year, though, from, from River Falls. Anyway, um, they were hoops players. Your brothers are hoops players. Somehow, though, uh, you defected and 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 got to hockey. How did that work that, that hockey ended sure up? Did. Yeah. Um, it's such a weird story. I, I at one point, um, Lake City, where I live, doesn't even have a hockey program now. But um, one of my friend's dad started a little league outside, and it was just like once a week. Um, I was terrible at it, like really bad. <laughs> but my parents were like, like keep doing what you want to do. And I told him, I was like, I want to do this though. I do want to do basketball, but I want to do this. I want to try it. I really think I'm going to love it. And obviously after my parents, I think a a parent from a Red Wing school district was like, you should have her try out for an actual real team that plays in an indoor (laughs) rink. Um, So that's what we did. Still played basketball up until seventh grade. So that was probably like six, seven years of doing both and having my dad be my basketball coach where he was able to kind of make practice around my hockey schedule so all my buddies like and my basketball team were my best friends in lake city but they knew they were like okay we're gonna we're gonna practice there's practice times all over the place and we my parents would bring them back to where they lived if they needed to and and things like that if their parents couldn't pick them up at the time that we needed to practice but um we practiced and and we did everything we needed to and then i'd get shipped off to hockey my grandpa or someone would take me um i go to the cities all the time um, I think my parents really set me up for success in the fact that they allowed me to do what I wanted to do at a very young age. Um, and obviously, like, I love basketball, and I still do to this day. I watch all of all of the games. I love watching NBA. I love watching college. Um, anytime I'm able to get on the court, I just went to the Big Ten Championships and watched Caitlin Clark. She's literally my idol. I love her. Um, she's a great player. She's the GOAT. She's awesome. But <laughs> I think being able to watch and still, like, know what I'm talking about to this day, I think is, is pretty cool for me because I do love, I do love the sport. And obviously one of my brothers plays at Northern Iowa and my other brother actually is playing in the section semifinals for Lake city on Saturday. So my parents are going to have to figure out what they're doing. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> um, Cause you never know. It could be uh, up in the air for both, for both teams. So, I mean, and my little brother is going to go play at upper Iowa. So I got a lot of, th- a lot of people to look forward to watching in my future. And I'm really excited to be able to see them both and to have them both be about an hour and a half, two hours out from where I'm at. Um, I'm able to see them whenever I want. So, uh, all of the people in my family have helped me to be successful in just different ways. I think my parents, even to this day, sometimes I, I think about like my grandparents, I'm like, do you really know what offsides is? Like, do we really know what that is? It doesn't matter to me if you do. But like, it's funny because they all learn the same. They kind of learned with me. And I think that was really cool because I'm a very independent person and I I tend to want to do things by myself. My parents are always like, dude, just get the help. Like, let people help you. And I think now I I have that mindset and I'm like, okay, if you're going to bring something to my life, I want it. I want you to add it, like add it to me. So I'm able to be more complete um, player in person, um, altogether. But my parents and my grandparents and my brothers, like they're the reasons why I continue to play hockey. They're like, okay, you're different. No one's done this. You might as well start, start the trek right now. And for anyone who plays in, in a league where you don't have the best competition or you, there's people who don't want to be there every day, except for you, um, you can do it. And I feel like for me, I wanted to be that person who, who could be the trailblazer for that and, and truly like show that, you don't have to be on a, a team that, you know, every one of their mom goes to or like a prep team to be successful. And and I'm glad my parents allowed me to play the game I love because I wouldn't I who knows, maybe I'd be in the middle of Iowa with my brothers too playing basketball. I don't know. <laughs> I could I could have been anywhere. 
Yeah, for sure. And and those worlds don't often collide, so it's kind of cool to see um, oh, in terms of you. basketball and hockey, where, like you said, if, if you're a basketball family, do you know what offsides is in hockey? And it probably took them a little bit to figure figure all that yeah. out. And those five-hour days in the garage then have certainly paid off here as, uh, as you sit on the uh, uh, cusp of potentially, hopefully, let's uh, see if uh, a national championship can can be here in the in the near future. Um, and, and last thing that I wanted to ask you about in, in relation to that in terms of those uh, colliding worlds and, and you following basketball. Could you beat your brothers and horse? Do you still get out and shoot? Um, I love, I love being in the gym. Like I, when we go back, I am the national born rebounder now um, <laughs> since my vertical is not too high and I am about a foot and a half shorter than both my brothers. Um, when you get a brother that's six, nine, you can't really compete. Yeah. I can't lie. I, I can body him. That's for sure. Me and him, I do get physical and competitive, but um, I, I would call myself the best rebounder in the in the country right now because I think that's my one way I can compete. And every time they shoot, I'll get them back the ball they want it, spin it the right way. Um, but no, definitely cannot beat him in a horse. Um, try my best. We do when we go to Duluth. They have a, a like a hoop in their rank. And um, I did win horse when we played there and I beat Frosty and I beat a few other people. Um, so I got, I got some of the skill, but not even close to what a college basketball player needs to be competitive. Um, my brothers do, they do give me the benefit of the doubt sometimes, but they're just as competitive as me and they're not going to let me win. So, um, my best, but I do love it. Um, and I do love competing with them and at my house, we have three different hoops, so we get to do whatever we want to be honest. Or we go to the gym. Um, my dad, I think I could beat my dad to be honest. I think I could, um, He's still a great, still a great athlete. Um, my mom, I definitely can beat. So I at least have one person I can beat. You could, so you could win uh, in that for sure. Well, I'm a little in the same boat because I was, uh, I mean, I wasn't any good at basketball, but that was my sport. I grew up in Iowa. I grew up like 50 miles from both Fayette and Cedar Falls where, where your brothers right. will be playing. And so there was no hockey there at all. Um, now I've really liked hockey. Now, assuming the Gopher men's team, well, I'm leaving for Chicago here in a little bit to be with them, hoping that they still have it going on Saturday. Um, but I, I have, uh, me and three buddies have bought tickets to both the women's, you guys, and then the men play at eight. We're going to make it a hockey day. I hope, I hope I'm with the Gopher basketball team and my ticket goes to waste, but if it makes it back, um, it's going to be fun because I don't oftentimes just get to put on the Gopher hoodie and a hat and go sit in the stands because I've got, you know, I'm up in the press box or getting interviews or whatever. I'm just going to, I'm going to geek out and, uh, and enjoy a full day of hockey. And I do know what offsides is, so. There you go. That's great. That's all you need, really. No doubt. No doubt. Well, hey, it's been so fun. We'll let you go. I know you have practice and all kinds of stuff. It's a busy week, so we thank you for spending some time with us. I know the listeners loved it. And uh, best of luck Saturday. And uh, we'll see you in Duluth here in a few weeks, let's hope. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed getting to know University of Minnesota star forward Taylor Heisey of the Golden Gopher women's hockey team as much as I enjoyed being part of that conversation. My thanks again to her for spending some time with us on a very busy week getting ready for Saturday's NCAA tournament game at Ritter Arena at 2 o'clock. When we come back, we'll chat with Affinity Plus CEO David Larson, who talks about all kinds of things on the Go Gopher podcast, episode 61. He joins us next. I'm Clay Geary, walk-on, turn scholarship, wide receiver for Gopher football. And I'm Ben Utek, U of M alumni, Super Bowl champion, and Tony Dungy Uncommon Award winner. We understand championship culture, which is why we're part of the True North family of companies. True North invests in only elite teams, like the champion team at Sunbelt Business Advisors, Minnesota's largest seller of companies. To learn more about True North and our diverse family of independently owned companies, visit truenorthequitypartners.com. Hi, Gopher fans. Switching is easy. We do it all the time. We switch on lights. We switch TV channels. We switch on the TV. And with the new transfer portal, some college students even switch colleges, which can seem crazy to us diehard fans. But what's not crazy is how you can switch and save with State Farm. In fact, my agency can switch you over so we can start saving today. My team is ready to welcome you to the State Farm neighborhood and show you it is, in fact, easy to switch and save. When you want the real deal, check us out at champlininsurance.com. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. It is episode 61 continuing here, the Go Go for podcast, and it's our pleasure to welcome the Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union CEO and President Dave Larson. And uh, Dave, great to see you, and thanks for being on the podcast. 
Thanks, Mike. Great to see you as well. Well, we uh, certainly, first of all, want to thank you for the support of our podcast, the Go Go for Podcast. Now, just a little over a year old. We're uh, in month uh, 13 and a half, I guess. And um, you guys have been with us since uh, last summer, and we appreciate that. And I know you also have uh, sponsorship deals and uh, partnerships with Go for Athletics. And I know you're excited about Go for Hockey going. Um, last week on this podcast, we had Brock Faber, Go for Defenseman, as our primary guest. And just be before um, we're hearing from you now, we had Taylor Heisey go for women's hockey star, the reigning Patty Kazmaier Award winner, and they have the tournament starting this weekend in terms of the NCAA. So we're we're covering hockey for sure. And I know I know you're a big hockey fan. I know you're a big Gopher supporter, and we thank you for that. How excited are you for these uh, uh, this time of year with Gopher hockey? Well, I'm super excited both on the men and women women's front. I don't know if you know this, but my dad played hockey at the University of Minnesota back in the '60s. And so, uh, you know, as I was growing up, we were huge gopher hockey fans and we had season tickets and, uh, you know, just really have enjoyed following the program and, uh, both programs are just having great years and it's been really fun to watch. It's been fun to watch some of the, uh, players, you know, that are playing now. I remember watching their dads or, you know, I was in, I think ninth grade when Dave Snuggerud was in 12th grade at Hopkins and. You know, my dad was the high school ho- assistant hockey coach at Hopkins. So I was able to kind of tag along to practice or on the bus and remember guys like Dave Snuggerud being so kind and gracious to me as a kid and uh, just kind of seeing like the success of his son and, you know, having a little bit of a small connection there is fun to see. And my dad was a goalie and it's fun to see our name behind the goal. Uh, at the different rinks, it always kind of reminds me of, of him and his really pride for the pride on ice. Yeah, no doubt. It's also a good way to make us all feel old when you see the kids of people that yeah. uh, uh, that we were contemporaries of uh, now in college, right? Playing uh, playing hockey and those kind of things. Hundred percent agree. <laughs> No doubt. Um, well, let's uh, let's talk about all kinds of other stuff as well, because uh, Dave has uh, well, he first of all, he's done it all. He's a two time top CEO award winner, Minneapolis Star Tribune, voted a top workplace, helping uh, uh, reshape Affinity Plus's culture. And um, I, I do want to ask you about some of those things uh, when when you took over and how you've helped with Affinity Plus. And, uh, you know, you've you've done a lot of great things. Uh, it is a top workplace. What have you done uh, in terms of uh, been able to uh, to get to where you are and have the success uh, both personally and as a company? You know, I've been in the role now for uh, almost uh, nine years, I guess. And so, you know, what I really try to do is just really bring a culture of care to, to our employees and really spend a lot of time, effort, and at times money on investing in our employees and I have always been and I always believed in transparency and talking about, obviously, the things are going well. But if we have challenges as well, uh, talking about that, too, and trying to allow our employees to kind of see who I am as a person, uh, to try to be kind of relatable and approachable. And I try to kind of uh, showcase that, you know, I'm not perfect and I've got challenges in my life and you know, my dad, who we were just talking about, you know, is battling Alzheimer's. And I've shared that with our employees just to show, you know, kind of showcase that, hey, we all have lives and we all have stressors and we all have things going on. And I'm a person just like you. We we both get up in the morning and we get ready to go to work and we go to work and uh, really try to. I've always kind of said, you know, as the CEO, you know, employees will look to you and look up to you because you're the CEO or a leader, but you can never look down towards them. And I really try to uh, engage and listen uh, to what the employees feedback has been. And, and, you know, I think it's, it's overall, it's gone pretty well. And I, and I, I really truly believe too, that when you have happy employees, you tend to have happy, what we call members, most people call them customers. And when you have happy members, you have happy employees. And it's been a really winning combination for us. Yeah. And when you say members, too, it literally fits right with a credit union, which is a little different than a bank. And I I, I even am not sure with what all the differences are. What are some things, you know, with you as a credit union that that maybe uh, separates you or puts it different terms than just a normal bank? Yeah, it's a great question. And it's something that's been a challenge for credit unions to you know, have the public understand really the difference. So you're not alone in that thinking. 
I think the biggest thing is we're owned by our members and we're not owned by stuff. I know an owner of the bank or shareholders of the bank. We're owned by our members and we work for our members. The other thing is we're a not-for-profit financial cooperative. And so if you really listen to those three words, not-for-profit, that really is the embodiment of why we are here and why we exist. We want to make a profit. We're not a non-profit, but we're not a for-profit business. We're kind of in the middle there and called a not-for-profit. And so as like in my nine years as CEO, the board, when I brought, when we have brought them a budget, uh, for the next year, the board has never said, oh, you you need to double down and you need to drive more profit. It's more like, hey, we want to be healthy. We want to be, you know, making money so we can add branches, add employees, upgrade our technologies, you know, partner with community organizations, build our brand. We want to be able to do that. And we need to make money to do that. But we also know that we're here for members. So if we have opportunities to give things back to our members or give them better pricing on things. We want to do that as well. And ultimately, you know, banks and it's the structure of the bank. It's how it is. They are a for-profit entity. And so we can sometimes say we're trying to give money back to our, our members or put money back into our members pocket. And sometimes the banks are looking to do something a little bit differently. Yeah, for sure. Um, you mentioned your leadership style um, and you mentioned your father was was a former athlete and a coach at times. Uh, what do you think you took some of, uh, of his leadership style into your job now? And do you watch other coaches? I mean, obviously we're talking sports here on the Go Go for podcast where there, do you watch mm-hmm. coaches? Uh, have you been around coaches that, that y- y- you can translate some things maybe from the sports world into running a, a successful credit union? Yeah. You know, I, yeah, I played, uh, my dad was an assistant coach at Hopkins and that's where I went to high school and I made the varsity hockey team as a senior. I was probably close to being cut Mike. <laughs> and, uh, so I was like a third line grinder and, uh, it was always really interesting to watch my dad in between periods, talk to the team and really, kind of showcase, obviously, coaching, but also leadership. And I, I do think I learned a lot from that. And I, my dad had been the coach at Minnetonka, and he, and he got fired. And uh, kind of watching him as a kid go through that and just learning that you're going to have obstacles, you're going to have challenges. And, you know, being kind of a, a, you know, more of a grinder of a player, I kind of bring that kind of mentality to my leadership style. I'm willing to roll up the sleeves and get involved in something. And, you know, I recognize like our CFO knows way more about finance than I'll ever know. Uh, But my job is to make sure we have the right people in place and kind of set the team up as, as best we can. And I do think that there was a lot of learning from me, from my dad uh, during that time. And, you know, I absolutely listen to coaches and their interviews and I always appreciate the ones that are more, I feel transparent and vulnerable. And I think like Bob Motzko and Brad Frost are two really, really strong in that regard. When they don't play particularly well, they'll tell you. We just didn't play particularly well. And I think when they're playing well, they'll tell you that as well. So I tend to lean towards those coaches that have a little bit more of what I'd say a transparent approach. Yeah, very good. Very good. As a, as a leader, that is important for sure. Um, you mentioned, too, the involvement in the community that uh, that Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union has. And we've talked many times on this podcast just in general talking points about uh, the the affiliation with Gopher Athletics. So you're sponsoring the Gopher Hockey Postseason. You sponsor the podcast. Um, we've seen you around at the, at the different events, and that's fun. But um, I, I think the real cool thing that you guys have been tied to now for a number of years is the connection with Special Olympics Minnesota. And, and I know we've honored some of those uh, young kids who are doing cool things at, at different gopher events as well. Um, what what um, what has uh, been the tie there? Why, why is that? I mean, obviously, it's an important issue. And why have you guys decided that that's going to be maybe your top priority in terms of giving back to the community? Yeah, you know, I, uh, I went to my first Special Olympics event back in 2002 or three. And it was a figure skating event. And they asked me to do the announcing. I have, you know, pretty good pipes. So you they do said, have pipes, hey, yes, yeah. Yeah. You want to do the announcing? And I was like, sure, I'll, you know, I'll go down. And it was sent down in Lakeville at Ames Arena. And uh, I watched the 
event and the athletes and I and I got hooked. I just was so amazed at the abilities and the effort and the fun that they were having. And so I uh, did some different things with the figure skating team at that time uh, and got involved there and uh, kind of evolved. And in, in 2007, my mom died of cancer and she had worked her entire career on working with uh, children with intellectual disabilities. And I kind of wanted to do something in her honor. And so really thought Special Olympics could be potentially uh, that, that opportunity for me. And fortunately in 2013, when I got the job, I said, hey, I wanna kind of up elevate our engagement with Special Olympics. So uh, obviously I started doing the polar plunge back then, got on some committees with Special Olympics, and then ultimately got the opportunity to join the board a few years back. Uh, now board chair of Special Olympics Minnesota. I just got the USA Games to come here in 2026. Not saying I did that, but, you know, was involved in kind of that process. And so, you know, it's been really awesome. Our employees love it. Uh, they appreciate it. I think we had like 160 of our employees plunge this year for Special Olympics. But, you know, sometimes employees are saying things like, hey, what are some leadership opportunities for me? And I'm like, hey, check out Special Olympics. You know, get involved. If you want to volunteer or be a coach, there are wonderful opportunities uh, with, with Special Olympics. And I'll tell you this, anything that I ever do with Special Olympics, whether it be a meeting, an event, a plunge, I always walk away from it feeling better than when I went into whatever that experience might be. And I always say I get way more from Special Olympics Minnesota than I can ever give it. Yeah, it, it is so cool. And um, I'm sure you have some stories about different things um, and different events you've seen over the years. That, I mean, they, they all capture your your attention and imagination, and they're inspiring. Um, do you have a story or two that, that stands out to you over the years that, uh, that really hooked you? I got hooked in that first one. I'll, I'll just say that. Yeah. But, you know, this summer uh, I was offered the opportunity with Dr. Gable from the U to lead the athletes into the USA Games down in Orlando. So we were down in the tunnel, just like, you know, the uh, Winter Olympics or the Summer Olympics, where they bring the countries in, they bring in each state individually. And so we're down in that tunnel, Mike, and there's 145 some athletes, all in maroon, you know, all in maroon and gold with our, with our uh, Minnesota hats and shirts, our, our uniforms on. And looking back and seeing those athletes and seeing their excitement, seeing their energy, listening to them kind of hoot and holler and get all excited. And then walking in to that stadium was just, I'll tell you, it was a top five, 10 moment of my life. And uh, then going to the different venues and seeing the Minnesota athletes participate and just the skill and the ability and the passion that they have is something that everybody I think should experience or witness or be part of because it is it just incredible. And I'll tell you again, you walk away from it just feeling so good about things. And they're even when they don't win, you know, they're, they're, the, the joy is just so demonstrated uh, by the athletes and they have so much to teach us, I think, as a society. Yeah, for sure. Tip of the cap uh, with with all of what you've done, including you mentioned the polar plunges. And last Friday was your day, right? Tell us about where was it for you and uh, and how was the plunge? Yeah, this year uh, they moved it to Lake Nokomis. I participated in something called the Executive Plunge, where it's uh, executives from various companies around the Twin Cities. I think they had 90 or so that participated this year. Uh, raised over $400,000 uh, with the, that plunge. I think it was my 11th plunge, so I've gotten kind of used to it. You know, people always ask me, well, how is it, right? Yeah, I was the going to ask that, yeah. Yeah. The simple <laughs> answer, Mike, is it's cold, right? It's it's very cold. It's very shocking to the system, uh, but it's fun. It's super fun. And uh, afterwards, uh, they have a program. They have uh, speakers this year, Christy Sovereign from Accenture, who's going to lead, uh, kind of be the leader of the USA Games for 2026, was there. Obviously, you have athletes there and then obviously the participants. But it's just a wonderful program. It's emceed by Ian Leonard, who just has incredible passion 
for Special Olympics Minnesota as well, really Special Olympics everywhere. Uh, but just a wonderful night. And I don't know what it is about that water because you get so shocked to your system, but you feel just incredible for like 24 hours. So I'm sure part of it's, you know, your body kind of having some sort of response to it, but also just, I think, the energy and passion and excitement that evening for Special Olympics too. Yeah, and I think there's there's multiple polar plunges right throughout the state with yep. different communities. So there there could still be a few out there if people want to get involved and they haven't. A Special Olympics webpage, I'm sure, can direct you, right? Yep. I would think to absolutely um, to take part and and um, and take the plunge and help uh, raise funds for just an incredible cause. And as Dave Larson says, you'll feel better too. I, I mean, physically and mentally, uh, you'll feel better, right? Right, exactly. Um, you mentioned Ian Leonard. It reminds me of uh, your event down at the Fillmore, which is just a new, newly renovated. It's not a new building, but it's newly renovated. I say newly because uh, the COVID uh, situation knocked it out. Uh, timing was interesting. We can talk about that in a second. But I do want to ask you about it. Uh, you guys were kind enough to invite me to the to the uh, fundraiser with the dueling pianos back in September down there. It was just such an incredible event uh, for the uh, foundation, which which uh, is the the charitable arm. I guess, of Affinity Plus and a wonderful evening uh, with these dueling pianos in the building. And um, Affinity Plus is the big backer of the Fillmore um, as part of those renovations. Take us through that uh, community involvement as well. You know, we we are presented with different opportunities to uh, engage in community organizations, nonprofits uh, and things of that nature. But a few years back, prior to COVID, we did a member survey where we surveyed our members on what things are you interested in? And one of the things that we learned about our members was they have a lot of interest and passion for live music. And so uh, the Fillmore was kind of being launched and we looked at that opportunity and said, we can be the kind of naming sponsor on the Fillmore building. So it's, uh, it's the Fillmore presented by affinity plus, and we've been able to uh, offer different, tickets to our members. And I think, you know, when they go to that event, they see their credit union name on there. There's, there's some appreciation for that. And then luckily for us, we get, we get the use of that building. I think it's twice a year. And so we uh, hosted our foundation event for, I don't know, 19, 20 years, we'd always had a a golf tournament. And what we learned uh, through golf is a lot of people are fearful of golf. And it's not always the most kind of inclusive uh, environment for people. So our board challenged us, Mike, to say, hey, is there something we could do differently with this uh, fundraising event uh, for the foundation? So we we met, we talked about it and said, hey, how about some sort of event at the Fillmore and maybe some musical uh, act, as you talked about. We did dueling pianos. And, uh, you know, at a golf tournament, we'd get 100 people uh, to, to come to that event. And I think we had over 350 people at the Fillmore that night. And, you know, I, you know, obviously appreciate your words, but I agree with you. It was just a really neat, fun energy kind of evening that really highlighted the work that we're doing through our foundation as well. Yeah, I, I was, uh, I really was impressed with the building. The, the Well, the event itself was great, and I know it raised a lot of money. And I mentioned Ian Leonard. He was the MC, the, the meteorologist from Fox 9. He was just a superstar that night with his uh, sparkling coat and everything else and yeah. um, all kinds of cool stuff. I mean, it was so good. I was, I was, I, because I don't know uh, what all the, you know, the industry stuff is, is that you actually had other credit unions there helping support your foundation, which was, to, to me, I'm like, holy cow, what's this about? And uh, you or somebody explained to me, yeah, yeah, that's just, you know, that's kind of our little community here and, you know, they're supporting us and we'll support them. Yeah. You know, that's one of the things I love about credit. Unions. You know, people ask me, Hey, would, would, would you ever go work for a bank? I, I really think I'd be hard pressed to, I love the credit union philosophy. And that's an example of what I love about credit unions is we help each other. Yeah, We like each other. Uh, we certainly occasionally compete a little bit, but we understand that we're here. One of the, uh, uh, principles of, of cooperatives is cooperation amongst cooperatives. And so whether it be Wings or Highway or, you know, North Memorial Credit Union, we we are here to help and serve each other as well. And that is a uniqueness. And I think in our own industry, we forget how unique that is. Yeah. And then, you know, someone like yourself or a vendor will say, this is really different. Like, this is really cool that you as credit unions support each other and sponsor each other and are at these events that each other are putting on. And I think sometimes we, 
as credit unions, again, kind of forget how unique that really is. Yeah, I was like, holy cow, this is cool. I mean, that uh, it just, you know, in the, in a world of radio where you're always worried about, you know, we don't want to put commercials of competitors next to each other or anything else. I was like, oh, this is this is awesome. And it was. It was just a great night. Um, well, Dave, uh, our time has come. It was such a fun conversation here to learn more about Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union. Um, I'm glad that uh, the polar plunge went well for you on Friday. Uh, Special Olympics Minnesota is so important. And uh, thank you for your support of Gopher Athletics as well. And let's see if these uh, two Gopher hockey teams can uh, uh, finish out the spring and give us something to cheer about here. 100% agree. Uh, I, I like our chances. And uh, hopefully it happens. Uh, and thank you very much for all that you do for uh, Gopher Athletics, your support of Affinity Plus as well. And thanks for having me today, Mike. You bet. It was a real pleasure. No question about it. Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union CEO and President Dave Larson here on episode number 61. My thanks to Affinity Plus CEO Dave Larson for sharing some great insight on his company, on their very charitable nature, and how his polar plunge went last week. Affinity Plus is a great supporter, a locally member-owned full-service financial invested in you. You can learn more at affinityplus.org slash gogophers. They have a top-ranked mobile app as well. The Go Gopher Podcast Episode 61 is also presented by our presenting sponsor, Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're buying or selling a business, visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com. We're also sponsored by State Farm Agent Tony Hoagland. Again, I'd invite you to listen to past podcasts. And right now, please be sure to click the subscribe button to the Go Gopher podcast. It's free to subscribe and free to listen. And please share the link of the podcast with others so they can listen and subscribe as well. We'll talk again next week.